Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. First Christmas alone. First Christmas alone. Uh, Just the two of you as an engaged couple. Yeah, still, still. Speaking of which, I tried to cancel my tux rental. Yeah. Because I was thinking an extra 200 bucks around Christmas time. And they told you time. verboten. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, we have to confirm with the event planner. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm in the window. I'm like way outside of the 21-day return well, rental here's, window. Here's the wonky part. Obviously, so what they don't want is a return because what they're saying is, oh, we can just, you don't have to cancel. You can just postpone the date, which is what's happening. But right. it's like. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, half the reason why I went with the whole tux rental is because I think you were saying we could wear, if we had whatever we had, we yeah. could wear that. It, it doesn't sound like you're adamant about having everybody be matchy matchy. Well, I wasn't. Oh, it was Tori? Uh, turns out I was wrong to say that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then never mind. But, well, no, but it's like, that's, that's kind of because what Sean um, did, uh, he was like, I'm just going to order because they said that they could send swatches of that same of exactly that suit. And he's like, because I have a charcoal gray suit. And if it matches up, then you whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to fault you for that. Like, that's fine. That should be fine. But also there are here's what I don't like. And what I have to say is this service is really convenient. They say that their size fitting algorithm will work better than you know, whatever, uh, right. because I had an experience with a different suit rental company that will remain nameless because I don't want to be just, you know, shitting on a company that, you know, they, they probably do good work or something. I just had a negative experience, but they, um, it was for, uh, my buddy's wedding. Okay. Right. And this was right before COVID kicked everything off and just ruined everyone's plans. But uh, I get this suit that, um, you know, they they say like, oh, actually, because I put in the sizes of what I want, because it's like, I know that I'm a, a, like, I'm in between a 40 regular and a 42 regular and I like all this kind of shit, right? Like, I right, know, right. I know where I'm at. And then they say, oh, well, based on your height and weight and whatever, uh, you know, really, you should be doing these sizes. And I was like, all right, these guys are the experts. Let's do it. Whatever. It came in. It fit like shit. It like was wide and long and just ridiculous. And I told him, I was like, hey, I got back on. I was like, hey, this I'm like swimming in this thing. Like this doesn't, you know, whatever. Because I know that the way that they think about their sizes, and I don't mean what I'm about to say, I don't mean in a pejorative sense at all. But the way that they think about their sizes is for white men. Right. No, exactly. It's not. I am a genetic hybrid of two of the skinniest types of people on the planet. It's like, I know my body. I know that my height is this and my weight is this, but everything is just all very compact. Like, trust me on that. And they just didn't take my. So then I sent it back and got a new fitting and whatever. And it still looked like shit. So, and they were like, oh, we're going to get you an extra short jacket. And it's like, 
motherfucker, I am six foot two. I am not an extra short anything. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. If, if, if six foot two is your extra short, then your sizing is shit. Like, that's basically, there's no way around that. So I went with this company, this other company, to do my suit thing because I had that negative experience for my buddy's wedding. And, uh, and then there's the worst part is because now they're actually doing, cause they scaled down. That was right when quarantine happened. So they scaled down to a 10 person ceremony. So we were still like within the legal guidelines at that time. Mm-hmm. So now they're doing their ceremony again in January and they stuck with the same company. What? Yeah. I was like, why are we doing this again? You look like shit. I look like shit. And it's like, like I can look like shit for a day. That's fine because it's it's not about me. It's you know whatever. Right, right, right. But he looked like shit. So it's like, why are you doing this? Uh. Yeah. So I went with this other company, and they're they're purportedly better or or good or whatever. But here's the one serious negative or like the one thing that I don't like. They have you create a look. That's you know the suit, the pants, you know whatever. And for people who don't have anything, I was like, yeah, here's the tie, here's the shoes, here's, you know, socks or whatever, so that if you don't have anything, here's everything that you would need in one package. But what I've discovered, because I, you know, what I texted out to everybody was basically like, hey, um, if you, if you uh, have some of this stuff, like if you have a black tie or if you have a, a, a black shoes or something like that. Just use yours. There's no sense to pay for it from them, right? Like, I'm I'm totally fine with you using yours. But they don't allow you to X out items from there. So I would have to create custom looks for each person depending on what they have and what they don't have. That's bullshit. Like, you have to have a smarter system than that. There's no reason that you have to. Like, I understand that there are some people who want to lock in everybody to exactly the same look. And that makes sense. But you should at least add the option of modularity if possible. Like, why not? Oh, because it's less of a... Well, yeah. Uh, yeah less of a sale to them. The right. numbers would uh, go down. Of course, yeah. The, the numbers would go down because there are some people who are doing the whole damn thing. And there's some people who are like, oh, I've got shoes or oh, I've got, you know, whatever. So point is now we have, you know, an extra 260 days or so to figure out. So fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking it'd be nice to have that extra 200 bucks around Christmas so then I could buy... Like Shit. little knickknacks now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, and I just rented it then because I had the money then. And I figured, yeah. I don't know when my next job's going to be. Right. But now I've got some jobs coming up. It's like, uh, it'd be nice to have a little bit of, you know. Yeah, of course. Money of course. right now to, to buy a Tish another book. <laughs> I, l- I love the books, man. That's, <laughs> that's actually, um, the sales rep kind of put me in an awkward place in, in a similar sort of way. So like. He, uh, we closed this really huge deal finally and everything like finally kind of came together and it turns out it was the largest deal of this type in the company's history. Ooh. So everyone's giving everyone pats on the back and shit like that. And, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. But then this sales rep, it's like, he puts me in this awkward place and maybe it's because I'm not bold enough or, or you tell me how you would handle this situation or if you would feel awkward like I did. But he puts me in this weird place by saying, and it's very nice and it's very generous, but it just feels weird. He says, name, and this is on a public 
chat. Like, that's the thing. If it was in private, I wouldn't feel so weird about it. But he says, name your gift to Tish. You know the percentages, so you know Megan and I can handle it. We owe you, honestly. That was really hard work. Definitely not easy. Thank you. And it's like, look, dude, that actually, it means the world to me that you say, like, thank you and you appreciate what I do. But I can't ask for something from you. It's like, that seems so weird. I don't know. Does that seem weird to you? It does seem weird. But also, I think you should take it to the next level. Like, one-up them. Like, play along with the game. It sounds like, you know, they, they're they trying to congratulate you in the public sense. Right. And then, like, kind of, it sounds like they're making a joke about, oh, you know how much money we made. So, you know you can how big of a gift you can afford. Right, right. Uh, pick a huge gift. <laughs> Yeah, Tesla. <laughs> yeah, just we go oh, uh, Tesla Cybertruck, please, yeah. or something ridiculous like that. You know, <laughs> just like uh, you know, play off of it. Uh, say um, uh, one of these, please. Uh, also, great job to everybody else that also worked on the project. You know, be a team player. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, I was gonna do that's that's funny that you put it that way because I was going to do that, but in exactly the opposite way. So I was gonna congratulate the team and whatever, be a team player, but I was gonna say. Man, I'm really burning through books during quarantine. Send me your favorite book. That way, it's like I'm I'm offsetting in a humorous kind of way, but I'm shooting for like a twelve dollar thing. You know what I mean? But like, right. you're you're saying make it a joke and take it the other direction. Be like, be like, oh yeah, you know, a hot air balloon would be really great this time. <laughs> like moving into spring, or or, or look or look up like a like a five hundred dollar bottle of scotch or something. <laughs> you know, something that you would technically enjoy. Maybe they won't get you that big fancy one, but maybe they'll get you a $200 bottle of scotch, which is no, still really nice. that's what I'm saying is that they, they yeah. will, though, but I, in a sense, I kind of don't want them to. Like, no, I do want... No, you're, you're in corporate America. You need these gifts. <laughs> these are the only thing that, that are going to get you through the work weeks. <laughs> this is, these are the only things that are going to get you through the next big deal. It's like, oh, that's at least f- I'll get a bottle of scotch after this, you yeah. know? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. Ultimately, it's like that is kind of the thing because it's then I'm I'm uh, you know in the next big deal and I'm wondering why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah, it's right. Like, you're right. You're right. Okay, so you know, kind of play the game, play the game, and and know your worth. Uh, I just worked on a earlier this year before the quarantine. I did a motorcycle racing school uh, video. Yeah, you were telling me about course. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this last week they had a, a reshoot. They had one day of reshoots. And I was uh, just me and my buddy, they hired us again. And uh, my buddy Jaime was like, what did I say the rate was for this again? And I'm like, you said $300 a day. And that's a rate you made. And he's like, oh, that's it. Why did I say that so low? It's because you're an idiot at the beginning of the year. And you didn't realize that these people have a ton of money. And these guys have been super busy throughout the whole quarantine because everybody wants to ride motorcycles now because it's a, a solo thing you can do outside. Right. There's no interaction with other people. You just kind of do your thing. Right. And yeah. so, uh, and I you intrinsically like, you? have a mask on. So it works. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, why'd you quote him so low at the beginning of the year? It's like, this doesn't make any sense that you're yeah. charging so low. And it's just cause he's, uh, he's still stuck in that mindset that, Oh, that they did me a favor cause I'm working for them. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you're making mm-hmm. them a million dollars, a kajillion dollars, a billion dollars. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's I guess that's a good point. And that actually brings me to something. Um, this will be a topic in the future, but I am giving or I am giving a reading assignment or not giving a reading assignment. But here's something that I think the podcast should cover. Um, but I a I doubt it's on Blinkist, but or Blinklist or what is it called? Blinkist. Yeah. Blinkist. You're right. Mm hmm. So I doubt it's on Blinkist. It might be. But also, this isn't a conventional book. It's not something that you have to like read through. And 
it's free. So that's number one. You can find okay. it online. It's totally free. Uh, so there's no upfront cost. And it's something that it's not important to read. It's not one of a, a book in the traditional sense that you read it front to back. It's kind of more that you can pick and choose and like whatever kind of goes in. It's called, uh, do you know who Naval Ravikant is? No. Okay. I, I didn't think so. Not a whole lot of people do. Um, although he is like kind of blowing up because of Tim Ferriss and stuff like that. So people who are into Tim Ferriss know who he is, which hopefully, you know, one day Ramen Profitable and Tim Ferriss listeners, you know, have, yeah. a, have a crossover effect. I think we've got, I, we've got good content for Tim Ferriss listeners, I would say. Um, uh, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's called the, uh, Almanac of Novel Ravikant. So spelled N-A-V-A-L-R-A-V-I-K-A-N-T. And the book is mostly just about thoughts that he's published on like Twitter or stuff like that, or like blog posts, because he's a super intelligent guy, but he also, um, is all about like, happiness and doing, you know, whatever. And so you, you reminded me of this because you were talking about like, why'd you set your rate so low? And one of the things he says that if you want to actually, you know, scale up or be successful in life and all this kind of stuff, he says, set an aspiration, like right out of the get go, even if you're not in a freelance work kind of environment, set an aspirational hourly rate, like whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And anything that you do if it would cost, uh, how does he phrase it? Let's see, I'm going to butcher this. If it costs more than that hourly rate to do that thing, do it yourself. Learn how to do it yourself and do it. If it would cost less, outsource it. There's no point yeah. in like, you know, and so so that's something that I really thought, you know, specifically with me setting up my SMART goals uh, last week and then reading that, I was just like, yeah, I mean, eventually the idea is that I can lessen and lessen, you know, my dependency on a regular check from a company once I reach, you know, this because there's always this blend, right? Like right now I still need that <laughs> that money because that way I can keep paying for all these supplements in bulk that <laughs> you know, like exist in my cabinets everywhere. But eventually that blend, I think, is going to get, you know, like you can kind of do that. First, I just want to create a source of passive income. But eventually, if that keeps building and grows and grows and grows, you know, maybe that's where I shift and turn into a, an elephant scout situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I kind of want to figure out how one calculates a good hourly rate, whether it's aspirational, which is kind of a stretch goal, or it's kind of more logic-based and kind of here's where I am right now. Here's what my services are worth based on the marketplace. And I'm going to bump it up just a little bit to make sure I'm profitable or, or, you know, whatever. So that was just one of the things that kind of crept out of that book. And I think that there's a lot of good information that would be good for uh, ramen profitable listeners. Yeah. I think it's the opposite. I think it's like you figure out your uh, cost of living. Mm -hmm. Like how much does gas cost? Food, mm -hmm. home, mm -hmm. clothing. Uh, electricity, like all your bills. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you would probably build up upon that. It's like, Oh, I want to live in a million dollar home. Mm -hmm. My mortgage would be a thousand bucks a month or whatever it would be. Yeah. And then just raise it up that way. Maybe that's how you, mm -hmm. and then, you know, 52 that, weeks, yeah, 50 weeks, 40 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I like that. That seems pretty systematic. Like that seems pretty uh, like not a, not a scientific proof or, you know, whatever, but it seems like it's really, uh, it's, 
it's bound in terms of like your budget, which is real numbers that you can play with now, as opposed to some right. abstract idea of what you would like to make. Right. And if, and, and you can definitely make larger goals within your personal budget. So like, let's say you're driving a 99 Honda Accord, maybe you want to drive a 2020 Honda Accord. Mm-hmm. It's like, how much mm-hmm. more is that car payment for you versus no car, car payment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever taken on a car payment? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. I've always me neither. Just bought them straight out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, and that's kind of my thing. That's what I was uh, telling my buddy is that like, I don't think I ever want to, I always want to be able to buy my car in cash. And sure. That might mean that, you know, like right, right now I'm driving a 2013 and it's great. Uh, and you know, I'm always going to be driving older cars or whatever until I get to the point where I can just go onto the lot and it's like, Oh, let's talk about rust proofing and financing. And I just want to be able to say, no, Nope. Here's the cash. I'm walking. Like that's all, all right. like, yep. You know, I, I don't want to have this conversation where you're going to take me into the back office and tell me what a great deal I'm getting. And then it turns out I'm getting fucked. You know what I mean? Like, that's not my idea of a good time. Yeah, no hard pass on that. It's just so skeezy how cars are sold. Yeah, 100 percent. And it's like the only thing that's being sold that's not really it's not regulated. It's not the word, but it's like they don't have to put the real price tag on it. Like, like you have to, like everyone has to haggle it. It's just bizarre. Like you don't go to target and haggle for toilet paper, you know? Right. Yeah. Or, or for instance, I never get the idea that, uh, to use the target analogy, if I'm going there to buy some like shirts or something, right. Uh, I never go to target thinking that like, man, I need to research what the value of a shirt is so that I make sure that I'm not like paying too much for this shirt. Right. But that's like, that's an exercise that we just agree is the case for a car. And it's like, maybe we should remove that underpinning problem, which is that we're getting screwed. Like, why are we allowing that to be a thing? We should all be way more transparent and say, yeah, I bought this car for this much. It is worth this much. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know why we have to do this thing where it's like, oh man, I need to get online and figure out what the viability of this car. And also the idea of a depreciating asset like that kind of worries me, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you buy a, you know, you buy your shirts at Target versus buying them at Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, right. you know, there might be a hole in the shirt at Goodwill, but you got it at Goodwill. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a $2 shirt. Yeah. Hmm. You can resell at a vintage trunk show for $60. Oh, that's the, that's the Gary V uh, uh, thing. Do you, have you ever seen him do that thing? No. Yeah. But I've been to a vintage shirt trunk show. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's a cool shirt. How much is it? $70? No, thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a a Gary V thing is he goes to um, garage sales and he goes to like Goodwill and stuff like that and buys all these really old like nostalgia toys like from the 80s and stuff like that. And then he flips them on eBay for a higher price. Yeah. I have a friend that used to do that. He used to work at, there's a video store here that recently closed down and he would buy, like if, if they would uh, scan eBay constantly. And if there was like a, a, a DVD that was, you know, uh, that became, what's the word? Not vintage, but called uh, classic, not classic, but more of a, like out of stock It's out of print. Mm, and, mm-hmm. and it's like an older movie that's hard to find, but he, they had it because the video store has been around forever. 
and it's like a hundred dollar sell on eBay, they would definitely just sell the DVD instead of renting it out for a dollar a week or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 Did I tell you about that? My experience with something like that just recently? No. Okay. So there's this. uh, So when I was a kid, uh, we would go to the library often and get books on tape. Right. So this is before CDs. Even this was on tape. Right. Right. And there's this particular book that uh, was like about these dogs, cats and you whatever. And they can talk and shit like that. Whatever. But it was a it was a mystery story. My love for mystery stories started then. Now it's kind of turned the corner into a more, you know, perverse Swedish murder, like homicide kind of mysteries. That's where my head's at now. But before it was it was in this kind of thing. Anyways, so so uh, and it was more like a radio play than it was just reading a book. Right. Because there were sound effects and there was um, kind of music cues and stuff like that. And there was different voice actors for all the different characters. Uh-huh. So it was more like a, uh, a radio play than it was a book. So I was looking for this version because I, I saw I, I like thought about that randomly and I have audible. So I went on and I just like bought it and I was listening to it and it wasn't the right one. And it turns out that this this book has been redone a bunch of times because the first one was like from the 70s. Or maybe okay. the early 80s or something like that. So I can't find that version on Audible. It doesn't exist. And it doesn't exist. Like I thought maybe I could find it on YouTube. But all you get on YouTube is a bunch of other people reading that book. And it's like, why would I want some random stranger from YouTube reading this book? It's like, that's the same as me reading the book to myself, <laughs> you idiot. Like, anyways. Um, so so then I like kept on digging and I found what most likely it most likely was the original version because the original version, like the first one that they ever recorded from like the seventies or eighties was the only one that had multiple voice actors. So that oh, was really? the one that, yeah, that's what that, cause every other version was just a single person. And I thought for a while, maybe he just did his voice differently, but it seems more likely that it was just multiple, you know, people because that kind of holds with the radio play sort of motif. So I find it on Amazon, that specific one with all the different voice actors, but the only version that they have it in, first of all, definitely not prime. It's like from different sellers on Amazon, right? So Uh definitely not prime, but the only version that they have it in, and they only have three copies is on an LP. And I don't have a record player, but I was like, I was seriously sitting there and I was like, should I buy this anyways? Because then I can have it and then I get a record player. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a new thing now. Not a new thing. It's been around for a while, but people buying records is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that, that was kind of the idea. I kind of want, I was like also okay with the notion of like turning my office into this, you know, kind of more like swanky put together kind of thing. Uh, but then by the time I, cause then I was justifying the purchase of like a whole bunch of other shit just based on my, like it didn't, the math didn't quite work out. But then eventually when I got to the point of actually pulling the trigger, all three copies are sold. Oh, that sucks. So I have no idea where I'm ever going to be able to find it again. Cause I couldn't even find it on eBay. Which one did you say this was girl with the dragon tattoo? No, I, I no, 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 no. That's what I'm into now. Oh, this is something else from when you were a kid. Yeah, this is from when I was a kid. It was called um, Howl a Day, like H O W L, like Howl. You know, like oh, it's like a teen book. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's like a very children children's book. It was like when I was six or something. Howl a Day in H O W L I D A Y I N N. That's hilarious. 
I when I was a kid, I had records too. I had records, not tapes, but it was uh, I had a Sesame Street record player, and Big Bird was the needle. Like Big Bird's head was the uh-huh. needle, yeah. and you could play records of like He Man, like He Man stories, and <laughs> it's like He Man and Tila going against Skeletor. Oh man, uh, like but like in a novelization format. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, that's perfect. Man, well, after that uh, walk down memory lane or that nostalgia boost uh i think uh i took up our entire time last time talking about my smart goals uh did you do you have any uh smart goals i think we well because the original talk about the elephant scout smart goals was on css and i think we talked about that last time but have they changed like just as an update have your kind of smart goals changed at all or are you uh still kind of on the same format I don't, I don't know. I think they're kind of uh, on the same page, but I think they need to be updated a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know. I think my, my goals have gotten not so smart, but definitely goals. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. I was, I had my notebook for last week to, to discuss, discuss my smart goals, but someone mm-hmm. took all the time Yeah, <laughs> and I uh, forgot my notebook this week. So now I don't have my notes in front of me, Oh shit! but maybe we can, uh, go through some ideas I have for goals and then we could turn them into smart goals. Yeah, we can lock them down. Or, I mean, I say that without having heard anything, so I maybe can't, but <laughs> well, for me, the, the next, this next year is going to be all about, uh, not, I guess branding is the wrong word, but brand awareness. Uh-huh. So it's going to be about name recognition, building an audience, brand awareness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that, that means things I want, things like a larger following on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to launch this scripted podcast, which is probably going to be a lot like your Holiday Inn Express. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I want, you know, X amount of listeners per episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so just converting all that into a smart goal, I think is something I haven't done yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that, and that's also kind of, uh, complex because I think the way that you the methods with which you gain that brand awareness is like so broad and so diverse like I uh I uh like that that can be like those like that one singular topic can probably be split into three goals Right. Right. Because one of them can be a very social media driven you know that's that's how you're going to get your awareness up in a broad spectrum, but then also the projects that you're doing and stuff like that, those are goals in and of themselves. And the amount of listens that you get and stuff like that, like those are goals individually. Uh, so, so it's like, but I kind of like that, that you have a, a kind of broad spectrum overarching goal in a sense, you know, which is like uh-huh. just to increase brand awareness and whatever. And that one may not be particularly smart, but in in the sense not smart as in it's dumb but rather not smart as in the smart format right but i think what that does is it it underpins all your like motivations on your on your smart goals into Mm -hmm. a specific channel like sometimes i think that that's really good to have because you know i think both of my smart goals were actually about two different things yeah they were well they're two different projects yeah two different projects exactly but but I like kind of the thing that you have one umbrella sort of idea and then you're going to have multiple smart goals of basically that drive towards the same thing. Right. It's kind of like uh, in your business plan you have a mission statement. Mm-hmm, so that's, mm-hmm. that's driving all of your different segments of your business plan. Mm-hmm. So it's all a cohesive uh, plan. Yeah. 
So I, I, that's that's kind of just the, in general. Those that's just the general goal of the year is to build that up because with brand awareness with the bigger audience it's you know easier to make sales it's easier to right right promote to sell to engage with an audience to you know get to those thousand true fans that'll mm-hmm. spend that thousand dollars on you a year yeah and hundred dollars on you exactly and and honestly i think that there's like some easy ways that you could start to do that because obviously once you reach that point like this is kind of a loose discuss like ideation on that but I think that there's some really obvious like if there was something like if there was a large enough following to the point where, you know, because it's like not 100 percent of your audience is going to buy all your stuff. Right. Like that's, right. That, that would be a super unicorn scenario where everybody who follows, you know, whoever all buys his album or all buys his uh movie or whatever right yeah yeah so that's that's not gonna happen but if you like basically what you're saying is the larger your audience is then even if you get 80 percent who will buy this cheap thing 60 percent who buy this like to like it it scales effectively and therefore the larger audience you have the more people are in each of those buckets Mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's kind of the thing that like man uh it i it would have been such a like if the if the audience was there for it it's like at the same time as Eddie Mummy's release if there was a purchase for just the stream or something like that then there was a purchase for the stream plus a shirt uh-huh. you know then the stream plus the shirt plus you know whatever and that way you kind of end up internally codifying uh where your numbers of fans are in terms of like where they're willing to follow you know yeah. what i mean uh-huh. like it, it creates this sort of sales funnel where it's like now you know that uh, you know for uh 60 bucks you know i actually don't know how much things should cost <laughs> but for, for 60 bucks you get a, a lead pencil yeah <laughs> you get a number two pencil some bananas <laughs> no. <laughs> um no like for 60 bucks they get the the stream they get a shirt and they get, you know, whatever. It's like, those are really your top tier fans that you know are going to like definitely watch your next movie. So uh-huh. then you can kind of have this predictable revenue stream based on just what you have been moving. Uh, and you get this predictable re- revenue stream where you uh, now know that the next movie that you're going to release, you, you're like, I can prob- I can count on this many streams. This many streams is probably likely, and then this many streams is my stretch goal. You know what I mean? So it, it kind of makes it a little bit easier to to price things out or to kind of grade yourself on that scale. Because what what happened, for instance, uh, the company with which I work for or with which I do work for, uh, and I'm I'm going to start by the way, just for you know, if anyone's listening to back catalog, I referred to what I do all the time. Uh, I said the company name, I'm going to start distancing that a little bit. Um, because obviously as I go more public and, and, you know, as, as my smart goal was, was to kind of promote this podcast more and stuff like that. It puts me at more, uh, risk or a greater risk of having somebody from my company listen. So therefore I, you know, I'm not going to refer to anything anymore. Or I'm going to refer to it, but only in a vague sort of sense and not say where I work, who I work for, et cetera. That sort of thing. We should uh, come up with a fake name for the company. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. If I can come up with a fake uh, or like an alter ego sort of thing 
for what I do and all that kind of stuff, that would be perfect. But we'll and I listened to another podcast and they talk about screenwriting and they always had uh, like a fake movie that they would reference. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. so like when the studios are going to make, you know, the Rubik's cube movie, mm-hmm. they, then oh, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So then, but uh, they're making a Rubik's cube movie. So yeah. now they've had to change it. And now they're, now they're talking about the Uno movie. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I think they might be making an Uno movie. So they're like, what's an going actual on here? Uno movie? I don't know. It might have been a joke, but oh. it's probably, it's probably going to happen. It's probably going to happen. I mean, they made a battleship movie, so now I don't like <laughs> they'll, they'll make anything. But, w- but we should come up with a, a, a fake name for your company. Yeah, yeah, yeah we should do that. I, 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 uh, I, I'll use like a, a code word or something. But anyways, the point being is that the company that I work for um, this past year was really the first full year that we had selling, you know, this gadget. Right. And there's all kinds of interrupting things. There was COVID. Um, there was a whole lot of social unrest. You know, there's all kinds of different things that conflicted with the sale of this gadget. But from the sales data that we were able to pull, we realized that, oh, what we need is now we need a sale, uh, this gadget plus something that increases the cost. And we need a cheaper version of this gadget because we saw that the the market was dividing into two different streams, the people who mm-hmm. were paying for it and then adding a whole bunch of stuff, but then trying to bargain us down on the stuff that they were adding on. And then the people who were just like, yeah, sorry, we can't meet that. It's not in our budget where we can't move forward with that, even though we need it or we want it, you know, we can't move forward with it. So because of that, we were able to codify kind of where our pricing should be for these different offerings. So I think the same thing can bring a lot of clarity to elephant scout because it's like mm-hmm. if so and i think that that goes hand in hand with that brand awareness right is that like the more you have brand awareness the more you can sell i think you just said that actually like i think you, you basically just said that like the bigger brand awareness the bigger audience you have the more you can sell the more stuff right you have. right so i mean that's the goal i mean I've, I've always had this goal of making money while making movies so i uh, it's it seems like it's, it's definitely nowadays it's harder to Sell a movie to Netflix, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Or to Warner Brothers, because they're all just going to streaming and there's they're losing their theater revenue. And it seems like they're doing things to increase their profits. And mm-hmm. so and they're mm-hmm. kind of taking advantage of the little guys. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's it's just something to th- it's just something I've been thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely that's a complex I, I don't envy your position in that sort of sense because I have no idea what's going on with that industry. Like, I really badly want to get back to theaters, but I haven't been to one. And, like, I feel really guilty about it in a sense because I'm one of these people who's like, no, we got to keep theaters around. You know, I love going to the theater. But, of course, I haven't paid one cent to go to a theater recently. So, you know, what good am I doing them, really? But, right. But that's I, – I totally get that. Well, if we were to make this a smart goal, like I'm I'm even going to start even smaller on that. But like if we were to make a smart goal out of, you know, the brand awareness, just thinking about the specific part, it's like who, what, when, where, why? I mean, the why kind of goes into the relevance. So that that kind of goes. But like, you know, what's what's the time scale? Is this across the next year? Is this across the next six months? Is this across, you know, what, what what is what does your kind of internal estimation, what does your gut feeling tell you about building brand awareness? Uh, it's all going to happen in January. 
<laughs> All of a sudden, dude, it'd be crazy if just January you hit and now you have like 3.2 million followers by the end of January. You've completely blown up and like, yeah, everything. that'd be crazy. <laughs> but no, I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah. Well, we, we have this, uh, we have an article coming out about Elephant Scout. It's been submitted to the publisher. It looks like it's being printed in February. Great. What, where, where on? Uh, Tucson Lifestyle Magazine. Fantastic. So, you know, it's like, uh, you know, everybody has a lifestyle magazine, but yeah. uh, the idea was the audience that reads that are people with uh, money yeah. and like, t- and if they're in Tucson, they love Tucson. So they would want to support Tucson artists, which happens a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, and even the article, the way she worded it, she was um, hinting to a local uh, revitalization project, you know, Rio Nuevo. Uh, no, it's a, it's, been, it it's been around forever, but they're supposed to bring in like a baseball field to the downtown area. Oh, uh, yeah. there's like a, there's supposed to be a river walk and then all the money yep. like disappeared yep. and then new people took it over mm-hmm. and it's still around and they're funding all these murals around downtown. I don't, I don't, you, I know you haven't been here in uh, a long time, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, like, like how murals are popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they're funding that here in Tucson. They brought in, I think, a fashion designer. They were part of the uh, negotiations to bring in a fashion designer to Tucson to come mm-hmm. here and design his next line for a year. And so uh, it's it's, uh, it's an organization that's all about trying to revitalize or Grizzly. keep Tucson uh, alive and thriving. That's that's great, man. Sorry about that. The The mailman showed up. Uh, mailman yeah it's dog's worst enemy well it's it's not even just that it's it's actually worse in our case because um i i've trained him to be perfectly fine with people like he doesn't mind if people come up onto our lawn and deliver packages or something like that but with the mailman it's particularly invasive it's particularly invasive because we don't have a mailbox we have a mail slot Oh, so he's actively putting stuff into the house and that disturbs Grizzly to no end. Wow. Okay. I took, took care of that. There we go. Yeah. Okay. We're good now. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. So, so they're basically using that as a, as a signaling to, uh, the, the Rio Nuevo group to be like, Hey, here's another Avenue for kind of the, the restoration of Tucson or not the restoration, but the, the kind of glow up, if you will. I guess glow up, but also it's also part of partly not revitalization, but also not time cap. Not, I want to say time capsule, but it's not time capsule. Uh, <laughs> documenting or oh sure 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 sure. And so, uh, what is that called? Uh, it's gonna uh, it's gonna drive me nuts. Uh, not registration, not register. Uh, cataloging. Or you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I guess you're, you're making you're making notes about what's happening in the current moment. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, what is that called? Uh, you're yeah, no, documenting. There's a, there's a word for it, dude. I totally now I know what you're talking about. You're, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, that's gonna bother me, and I'm gonna get it as soon as this podcast is over. That's the part <laughs> that's gonna fucking destroy me. Yeah, whatever. Okay, uh, so. So they're part of, man, that's. Nope. And if you Google it, it just takes you to the notes app on your iPhone. Yeah. Uh, that. Okay. Um, well, whatever. They're doing that. Whatever that word we're searching for is they're doing that. Uh, right. And so I, the, 
I, I've noticed about this film community, of course, is they're all about re- bringing back the Westerns and nobody wants to see Westerns really. I mean, you, I'm sure some people do, but obviously everybody in town wants to see a Western because we're in Tucson and there's an old West town yeah. to the east and west of us. And there's right. one in the middle of town. So it's just like, of course they want to see Westerns, but yeah. I, I want to take an approach of uh, capturing Tucson in the moment and highlighting, you know, local scenes, restaurants. Mm-hmm. So they, they become this, uh, that word I'm looking for, uh, as like a part of history, you know? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're documenting the specific like place and time and the, the unique interactions that are a result of that. Right. And so, and then using that and with local talent, mm-hmm. you know, let's highlight local artists, uh, clothing maker, music instrumenters, makers. <laughs> Musicians. Musicians. I was getting there. I've lost all my words this morning. Yeah, wow. You've uh you've completely lost function. Indexing? No. It, indexing is is my word, my catch-all word for a lot of stuff. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh But yeah, but that's our approach is to kind of have it be this uh, freeze frame of Tucson in the moment versus, oh, let's go back to the past and try and bring back the Old West, mm-hmm. which is 100% an in- inaccurate representation of what the Old West was. Yeah. <laughs> the Old West was more of a diverse landscape than we see in movie Westerns. Right, right, right. So, uh, you know, that's how I would be on board with making a Western if we can diversify it. But then all the people in town that would want to be in it would be upset because it's they're just a bunch of old white dudes. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was kind of the interesting thing that um, you did get like some diversity in cast in some of these older Westerns like Fistful of Dollars or something like that. But that was really only because they were shooting them in Italy uh, yeah. and and just completely dubbed, you know, with yeah. the exception of maybe, you know, Clint Eastwood or something like that. So it's like, but then as soon as it became just more of a schlep to do that. And they were filming Westerns here. You're right. It was all, it's just singular type yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or like, that's kind of, uh, kind of the deal with some of those Steve McQueen movies, you know, it's like, they're all kind of singular type. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense, but that's whatever. But, uh, either way, that's, that's the, the idea of our brand where like, so that's why I was happy with our, having that business plan and, and the mission statement, having, you know, our goal be diverse representation in film mm-hmm. with different stories, with different, mm-hmm. you know, representing different genders and ethnicities and abilities. And so mm-hmm. uh, like having that kind of flow through this article that she wrote and also hopefully pitching that to this bigger, broad group in town that has money that wants to promote the city. And if the city is, pro this and we definitely align with those ideas and we're not the the wackadoos at the the local film office yeah no the film office people are very nice there's there are no wackadoos at the tucson <laughs> film office yeah just, just to clarify uh, there, there are no uh so so that gives us kind of the idea like you of course would measure brand awareness like social media metrics are of course one good way to do that uh downloads streams you know, whatever of this, um, of this, uh, scripted podcast uh-huh. plus any of your previous materials that are already out there, Eddie mummy, et cetera, et cetera. Like those are also good measurements. Is that how you're planning on measuring this, uh, 
this uh, growth in in brand awareness or, or what's kind of your thoughts surrounding that? Right. I was thinking, you know, X amount of increase on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's basically the one that we all feel comfortable using. So we don't right. want to, you know, try to get a million followers on TikTok because who knows what the heck that means. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's, and that's sort of the thing that I have a hard time working with is we have a defined model of how you convert kind of Instagram or or uh, YouTube into monetization. Uh-huh. These other things like TikTok, I presume monetizes the same way, but I, I actually have no idea. I'm realizing I'm becoming like the new boomer because I've just completely taken that as like I was actively against <laughs> TikTok, much like I was against Quibi. I think they're both bad. <laughs> You know, Quibi's a thing in the past. TikTok looked like it was going to be a thing of the past because, uh, uh, because like the U.S. was going to ban it or whatever. But now it turns out they, I guess that didn't happen. Facebook bought them or somebody bought them. Anyways, something like that. So the point is, okay, so so you kind of have built-in metrics, so it does seem like that part is measurable. Um, what are the specific numbers that you're kind of looking to gain over what six months, the whole year? I mean, the year is dedicated to brand awareness. That's the, it's like one year can be the year of, uh, like for instance, um, this past year, uh, for that unnamed company that I work for, uh, was the year of the customer because, uh, we saw a dip in our NPS score, net promoter score. Uh So we, we had to make sure that we're like, we're still delivering and all that kind of stuff. And so one of the company goals that was tied to our bonuses and stuff was the increase in our net promoter score to this number. And we achieved that thankfully. So hopefully I'll be getting my money. But, um, but so what are the specific kind of numbers that you're looking for? Do you have kind of a, an idea of what you're looking for? Well, we're almost at 700 followers on Instagram, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I want to get that to a thousand. Yeah. I think that's a good place um, to be. On our podcast streams, uh, like I was saying, I think we saw, talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. How if we if you get 136 downloads, you're doing you're the top 50 percent of podcasts. Yep, yep. So I don't want to compare myself to other podcasts. I kind of want to compare it to the uh, events that we used to do here in town at the Rialto, like mm-hmm. the m- movie screening, the mummy screening, the murder mm-hmm. mystery night. So I, I would like a goal of two to three hundred streams per episode, mm-hmm. and yeah. so that definitely puts us in the top 50 percent of podcasts. Yeah. And, and it does. And like, that's kind of the unique thing. I'd be very curious to learn. And I think you're in a very unique position to be able to learn this. Uh, I'd be very curious to learn how does, because we, there are obvious ways that like at the top of the list, right, is Rogan and he gets, you know, X amount of downloads per episode and that amount of downloads just maps over to sold out shows. So he does sold out comedy shows all the time and, and they're not related necessarily, but there are this many podcast listeners who will then go buy tickets and go to his show to see him live. So you're in a very unique position because it's like right now, actual physical going to a theater or screening anything is kind of, there's a kibosh on that. Like we can't really move forward with that. Uh huh. But Vaccines are being pushed out. Last night, uh, the FDA, like we are approved in the U.S. for pushing the vaccine out. Like slowly, slowly, I think things will, you know, because it's I, I like there was a calculator on the New York Times 
that said like, oh, you can calculate like a rough estimate of where your position in line will be for a vaccine based on your risk profile. So I just entered in my information and I'm like 144 millionth in line. So it's going to be a long time for me wow. uh, and, f- and for a lot of people. But at least the higher risk populations are going to we're going to start to, you know, see some results through this, hopefully. So given that, it's like you have this you're in a very interesting position where we can actually start to think about this very analytically because all you're doing right now is going to be streaming podcasts uh, that like this podcast, the scripted podcast, um, Eddie mummy, any of your other like movie assets. And so in this growth in brand awareness for this next year, hopefully by 2022, you can actually like get people to watch things in a physical location in the theater or in whatever. Right. Right. So we can actually monitor the data as you go and we can then figure out how your streams convert to physical in present seat, you know, audience. And I think that's a pretty interesting, uh, like that's going to be an interesting thing to study and to look at. That's definitely an interesting, uh, that definitely is something we should track. But, but my thinking was we do a podcast, we build an audience, we gain the attention of someone willing to invest in the project. Mm. We make the project by the time everything's cleared up, hopefully, mm-hmm. with this vaccine, with maybe a new administration yeah. doing at least a little bit. And, yep. uh, <laughs> you know, uh, like listening to scientists and experts, maybe. Not ignoring it, just not ignoring it, which right. never works. It never right. works, people. If you just don't ignore <laughs> a medical issue, just get it taken care of. It just, yeah. It's just way easier to get it done early. Yeah. Don't ignore your bills. I like briefly went through a phase where I ignored and I have never used credit cards much, but I briefly went through a phase where I was like ignoring my credit card bill. And like that in no time was a lot of money. I've paid it off entirely now, but you know, that was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So don't ignore shit. Take care of it. But that's a whole different episode. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so hopefully in in this time span, because it's going to be another year of not being uh, not being able to safely make a film Right. Uh, cost effectively. Right. Yep. So I don't, I don't have an extra $50,000 to add to a budget just for COVID compliance. PPE, you yeah. know, so yeah, I, I totally get that. And, yeah. you know, make sure everybody gets the test who's on set. You know, what if we have to shut down for a week because someone tested positive? What, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on there? So mm. I'd rather not or avoid all of that because it's $50,000. It's like a fifth of the budget that I want to, raise for making a movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. a lot of, it's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So then, uh, the idea was build an audience, get the funding, make a movie. By the time we can go out and about in theaters will be the time that we're done with it and can release it and everybody can come watch it. Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah. so exactly what you were saying. I like that. Well, there's your time binding. Like I, I like that. It's like, it's interesting how you, I feel like the way that you just think about these things doesn't a hundred percent align, but you kind of naturally start to time bind yourself and you get, you get measurable because you're like looking towards things that are measurable, you know, your streams, your downloads, your followers, your, et cetera. So it's like you kind of naturally think in a, in a way that's almost like a smart goal. Cause I am smart. Can I, uh, except with my uh, vocabulary today? I'm yeah, failing. yeah, except with retrieving the word of whatever documenting this current time and space in Tucson is. <laughs> is it documenting? It's probably something simple like documenting. It's, <laughs> it's like it is just documenting. Yeah, it um, is just documenting. I want to, I want to, uh, well, I, 
I think that's I actually honestly don't have that many complaints about that. It's like it's not formalized into a smart format. But honestly, I don't think you need to because you have all the ingredients there. Right. I mean, it's it's uh, I mean, we, there's definitely time frames like February is a podcast launch. So we have X amount of things to do before February. Right. Uh, let's say 2022 is our goal to release a movie. So we have the whole year to build our audience up mm-hmm. to get our 200, 300 streams to get our thousand IG followers, maybe more. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also like to figure out a way to, you know, create merch, merchandise. So that can also support the brand awareness thing. Like, oh, where'd you get that shirt? It's from mm-hmm. Elephant exactly. Scout, you know, stuff like that. And that's something that I see in Tucson that really, really works because places like Phoenix and uh, like, have you heard? Um, Seattle, for instance, is known as one of these cities that has uh, the quote unquote deep freeze. Do you know what I'm talking about or what I'm referring to? No. So Seattle, everyone's a dick. And I don't mean that in the sense that like I don't like people from Seattle. No, I mean that. And it's a known thing. Like it's it's on the Internet. It's a, and people from Seattle agree to it. It's like nobody, you know, will just see somebody on the street and be like, oh, hey, like I like that thing or, you know, whatever. Or, Do you need help with your groceries or whatever? Like Seattle has the deep freeze. They everyone kind of sticks to themselves and, and does whatever. Tucson is not like that. Like you will end up having a conversation with someone at Chase and then before you know it, you're, you know, hanging out with them every weekend. Like that's yeah. that's Tucson. You or I keep seeing the same person on my route to work and we end up just chatting like that's yeah. that's Tucson. Tucson, it does not have the deep freeze. Phoenix is a little in between. Everyone's a little bit too scared of each other up here because like there's so many wackos like here that you know, shit goes sour too much. It's, it kind of has the effect of like a big city because Phoenix is one of the biggest cities in the U S and it just, it has that effect where people don't trust each other uh, and possibly for good reason. Um, But Tucson isn't like that. And so I think you really can like, that's sort of what I was thinking is that it's like, man, if a boy's night shirt came out the same time you were streaming Eddie mummy. Yeah. That would have been killer. I, I just know that that would be killer. It would, it would, it probably still would be. But it probably still will, will be. And it's like, if you can still get some retroactive streams off of that, like, hey, that's cool. But, but I really think like that, I, I, ideating towards merchandising yourself, I think is a strong idea. So, yeah, because I was talking to uh, another elephant scouter, uh, uh, Francisco, and how he's, his approach is always about scenes and moments in movies. And my approach is always about character. Mm-hmm. and uh, character-driven moments versus scene-driven moments. And uh, mm. I feel like a lot of the characters we have say like uh, either something really stupid that's mm-hmm. catchy or something cool that's catchy. And I do think that a lot of the characters in our projects lean towards being uh, merchandised. Yeah, dude, right off the bat, the first two things I'm thinking of, of course I'm thinking of Eddie Mummy, but I'm also thinking of Good Cop, Mom Cop. Uh-huh. Like those are the two that just immediately off the top. I'm like, oh yeah, you, you can definitely drive something through there. So it's like, what do we do? Like, so it's just figuring out all that stuff and figuring out how to produce it and get it out there. Of course I'd want to have it done mm-hmm. locally. Cause you know, if you do it locally, it's just going to add to the local audience value, you know, yeah. the community sense that I'm trying to uh, build from like, it's a, uh, this is why I feel like people, independent filmmakers don't move to LA or New York. It's because they don't want 
to cast the wide net across the whole ocean. They just want to do a little fishing pole in the pond. No, totally. Yeah, I I agree. I think, uh, I think that's a good, I, I think you've got, you know, good alignment in terms of your overarching idea. And then you've got a bunch of like micro sort of, not micro, but like you've got multiple projects that you are using to drive yourself towards that overarching goal and you have methods built within each of those. So I think you're in a really good place on those. Um, with our last couple minutes, can I, uh, can I tell you about an idea for a project I had that, uh, may, (laughs) that you may or may not want to get on board with? Uh, let's hear it. Okay. Here's my idea. And it's, this is super rough. I haven't, I haven't thought anything of it because I know that there's a catchy title for this somewhere, but so up until now, you and I have done podcasts that are, uh, because I'm doing this podcast, uh, class through Skillshare, because like I said, I fucking paid for, (laughs) I paid for Skillshare up front. So, you know, whatever. Um, so uh, I'm, I was doing this podcast and this guy was kind of saying, and, and first of all, tell me if you agree with this statement or not. He said there's two types of podcasts, educational and uh, and uh, or like educational slash informative and uh, in entertainment. OK, well, do you agree with that premise? Well, I do feel like it's either you listen to a podcast, so listen to people ramble about topics you want to learn about. Or you just listen to topics of people complaining about what's happening in the entertainment world. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, well, basically, it's like the idea is one is concept driven, which, you know, you would say ramen profitable is concept driven. It's like we're here. I mean, there is a little bit me rambling about my week and, you know, X, Y, Z. But we're, you know, talking about smart goals or we're talking about, like, how do you actually execute on an idea effectively? How do you uh, measure data? How do you, you know, uh, we do an episode with we get guests like uh, 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 Preston. I was going to call him Tristan. Whoops. Uh, We we get (laughs) we get guests like Preston and we talk about specifically like, yeah, how did you work through naming? Because right now I'm having a naming issue. Like, how did you do that? Like, it's it's informative. And I think we toe the line between informative and entertainment, but er- entertainment is more character driven. It's not concept driven. It's more just like, oh, we get to know this person and this person uh, has these kinds of stories or this person, you know, does that. Like, like it's more. So here was kind of my thought about doing a limited run series. It's naturally limited by because the content can only go so far. A limited run series. I think this is eight or nine episodes. I don't actually have a firm count on it. You you would have a firm count. And this is why I'm telling you about it. Because you are much more well versed in this subject than I am. Where we do a limited run series on an entertainment podcast. So not informative, but entertainment. And the specific thing that we're going to be talking about. I'm going to be watching the Fast and the Furious series front to back for the first time ever. And we're going to go through movie by movie and I'm going to fucking work through whether or not, because I have seen parts of the first one and then that's really it. I know nothing about the franchise, but I've been shitting on it for years and I don't actually know if any of these are good or not. So we're going to work through these and I'm, we're going to work through what's good, what's bad about them. And we're going to get into a heated debate about whether or not the Fast and the Furious is a good franchise. Oh, this is you and me. It could be. I was you've, thinking, ar- you've already made some uh, false statements. Uh, there is no bad in the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> they are good. Okay. Uh, well, that remains to be seen. No, no. It's the fact. 
Just because you haven't seen it, just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not true. I guess that's true. I haven't really uh, tested for gravity, but gravity exists. Uh, But who who are you going to do this with? I don't know. I haven't figured out the right cast, but I was thinking like you're an obvious choice because you have already done the Fast and the Furious and you're an outspoken advocate. Whereas I'm I guess the idea is that I'm we need a third person if it were to be you, me and someone else that hates them. That's seen right, them all exactly. and hates them. Yeah. We need to balance it out with somebody. Exactly. Those were exactly my thoughts. It's like you've already been through. You in general have a positive feeling of it. I'm trying to get myself back to neutral because I'm realizing that all my previous kind of assertions were just like made in my head. They weren't they're, they're not concrete by anything. Right. So now I need to find somebody. So it's like I almost want to put a post out there or something like Hey, <laughs> has anyone watched all, like, what is it, eight or nine movies? There's, uh, nine was supposed to come out this year, but it got delayed. Got delayed. Okay, so there's yeah. eight. So has anyone watched all eight Fast and the Furious and have a strong opinion about it? Shoot me a comment below. <laughs> so that was my idea for a limited run series just to kind of get in, in because this was uh just an idea a to have another asset on our you know launch by 2022 podcast network oh my god <laughs> yeah and also it would just be a foray into a different format than you know kind of what we're used to right now because fast nine was supposed to come out and then they're doing 10 and i think 11 is going to be the last one wait they're planning two more movies yeah, oh, I'm wait, that'd pretty be, that'd be sure. Three more movies from current. Well, the one's already in the can, as they say in the business. What is that? Uh, like the films in the can? Like it's already shot and it's uh, edited and all ready to go. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, so there's there's planning on making two more. Releasing one, making two. Okay. And I'm okay. Ninety percent sure one of them is going to be in space, and I'm really excited. Wait, it's going to be Fast and Furious in space like that like yeah in space oh my god oh my god see okay well i'll reserve my judgment i'll you know uh, now i have to i have to watch the uh uh, let me ask you this do do you think the series is good from the start maybe these are all good questions that i should ask as the introductory like a 10 minute intro episode before we actually launch but like do you think the series is good from the start or do you think it builds over time and becomes good I think it builds over time. It becomes good. I do think the first one is really a really solid movie. The second okay. one is okay. It's, it's okay. Uh, the third one, not good. But once you get to four, it, they, they get away from like drag race movies and turn mm-hmm. into heist movies. Or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's when they get good is when they turn into heist movies. Obviously, okay. the fifth one is the best one. And then six uh, is, is pretty obvious? solid. Yeah, obvious. When you see them all, you'll you'll agree. Fifth so one is the best one. Uh, Fast Five that you're yep. referring. To. Fast Five, okay. yeah. They're in okay. Brazil. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. That's the best one. Okay. Yeah, and then six is good too, and seven is a sad one because that's when Paul Walker dies. Uh, and then eight is pretty insane, but still, Charlize Theron is great as the bad guy. That's and that's the most recent one that has been in, that ha- that we can see. That we can see that the ninth yeah. one is going to be is the most recent one in that it's complete, but we can't watch it yet. Right. OK. Yeah. Um, see, that actually works out pretty well because it's like we do a limited run on eight episodes. And then when the ninth one comes out, we do a special. Uh-huh. 
And then eventually when 11 comes out and caps it all out, then we do a reunion show for two episodes only. So it's self-contained. Right. Presumably. So, so that's my idea. That's my pitch is that, that we, uh, we're going to step through the fast and the furious series and I'm going to figure this out. I want to figure out if this is, if these are good movies, if these are bad movies, was I correct in my assumptions? Was I just being a dick? These are all questions that can be answered in life one quarter mile at a time. The limited podcast series. No, this is going to be a better name. I just haven't worked it out yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, there'll definitely be a better name. (laughs) Chris Scott doesn't like my names. He doesn't like flow roll and he, (laughs) he doesn't like my podcast names. There's a podcast out there already called Too Fast, Too Forever, which is a terrible name. That's a ter- I see what they're doing because my instinct was also to go with the Too Fast, Too Furious thing because that's the one that like comes up the, the most. But, um, but I definitely wouldn't have... I would have done something more referential towards a podcast rather than whatever the fuck they did. Not to comment on it. Yeah, no, I have no idea what they're doing. Okay, yeah. It was in 2017 when it came out, so we're fine. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, there, there's there have been recent, more recent releases of Fast and Furious movies since then. There have been, yeah, yeah. So they're outdated. They're played. <laughs> Our stuff is current, up to date. Um, yeah. Well, I'll I'll do some brainstorming on uh, on some titles, but that's uh, that's something I wanted to start working on a little bit because, good lord, there's so many movies. 